Miska, Muska, Mickey Mouse. Player two. Welcome back, guys, to the Tripolar Opinion Podcast, episode 13. I am your host today, David Maggard. We also have Albert Delgado. Hello. And um, our newly famous Tesla Taylor. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Don't look that now, up. That's not family yeah, friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not safe for work. Do it, do it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not safe for work. Just. I mean, if you get curious and you're in the bathroom by yourself, maybe. But <laughs> make sure you're just not around kids or, you know, your parents, your girl's parents or your father's parents or someone's parents. Don't be around no parents when you're. It's wife. a lot of make parents. Make sure your phone's not connected to Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we have an interesting show for you guys um, today. I will be going over the Dice Tower Awards, which is a board game company who gives out awards. Uh, we also have some streaming versus theater releases. And then we'll also finish off our news section with, well, I guess not news section. But anyways, uh, we'll also finish off with the uh, first impressions of a video game called Hades. Uh, with that being said, I'll get into the first topic. So, if you guys don't know, um, the Dice Tower is a video podcast. Is it video? Is I don't it know. a video TV show? I don't. I don't think it's a video. I, I Maybe a video. I, I feel like it's just a YouTube channel because they have so many people and they do so many yeah. different things. They're, they're a big network of basically board game reviewers or influencers, as you'd like to say. Um, that you know they get together once a year and they vote on you know board game rewards. Which who knew there was such a thing? Crazy thing. This is their fourteenth year of doing it. So if you didn't know, now you know. Um, but I'd like to highlight uh, basically their awards list. Some we'll talk about, and then some I don't know anything about. So uh, you're probably just going to have to Google them. But uh, real quick, so for the category of best welcoming game, see the Dice Tower did this thing where we used to call welcoming games uh, gateway games, but they figured that was too much uh, of a connection to like gateway drugs, so they changed the name to welcoming games, as in to like welcome you into board gaming. Anyways, this year's winner is the Isle of Cats. Um, Isle of Cats is something that I really wasn't interested into. I really don't like tile placement games, and that's what this is. It's basically like placing tiles of like Tetris pieces on your pirate ship and the tiles are like different ways that cats lay um i don't really know much about this game besides tile placing and collecting points but uh i know at the top of the box there's a little section on it says uh a place for your actual cat to sit in because that's like a thing around instagram and stuff like that where people will show pictures of their cat sitting in the top of the box sir it sits yeah I was about to say, that's <laughs> that's not like an instagram thing that's just cats that's what shit I don't, cats do. I don't have any cats. I'm also uh, highly allergic. That's why I don't go over to Tesla Taylor's house. But uh, <laughs> that cat hates me, by the way. Every time I'm there, he knows. He knows I'm allergic to him. That's why he puts his ass in my face and everything. <laughs> I end up leaving the. I end up leaving your house with my eyes closed because it's just allergically shut. 
scratching my throat. <coughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Isle of Cats got the best welcoming game. Uh, next was the best party game category, and that was Hughes and Cues. Hughes and Cues is uh, it's one of those games where like someone says a word. And uh, you basically almost like apples to apples. Someone says a word, and then you kind of put like the best different type of word connecting to it. Except you do it with colors. So like if someone says apple, um, basically, and there's also this board of like a rainbow amount of different colors. So like every different yellow, every different red, every different blue, and it's on the board. So if I say apple, and then uh, I'm thinking of a red apple, but maybe you put your marker on a green apple. Or maybe Albert puts his marker on a Granny Smith, which is like, like a mustard yellow apple. You know, then you get basically points on what I thought, whatever, or whoever got the closest to whatever I thought. Um, pretty interesting game. I think it's available at Target right now, or it might be a Target exclusive. Um, I haven't played it personally. I've seen people watch it played. Oh, excuse me. I've seen people play it while I've watched. Damn, that sounds really creepy. It does. <laughs> but uh yeah that is uh hughes and q's best party game um let me see here oh best cooperative game is a small box game called the crew quest for planet nine um spoiler quest for planet nine got tons of awards uh in this category or not in this category but basically tons of board gaming awards uh they not only won best cooperative game they also won uh, most innovative game, and they also won game of the year. Uh, basically, if you don't know what trick taking is, think of like playing spades or something, but in the aspect of more board gamerish. So like you get a, a handful of cards, and the mission is going to tell you like, hey, Taylor needs to win this card or whatever whatnot. And the way to win cards is like you play down cards. Think of like a, if we just have like a regular poker poker style deck of cards like you play like uh taylor needs to win the nine of spades so or the highest spade card so taylor puts down like an eight of spades well albert has to put down a spade card lower so taylor could help win i also have to play a spade card lower so taylor can win and let's say our sound guy josh has to play a, a spade card lower so taylor can win but sometimes whatever you have in your hand doesn't allow you to play certain cards to help people win. So then like maybe if he doesn't win that round, it goes again. So everyone else has to keep going and collecting cards. I know it sounds super confusing. If you get a chance, there's like a really good five minute how to play video uh, somewhere on the internet. Like multiple people have got it. Anytime something wins game of the year award, it's like the hottest thing ever. <clears throat> uh, another award I'd like to highlight was uh, best game artwork um this is a game i just recently played this weekend and i actually played it multiple times it's a game that actually might crack my top 10 games of all time right now and that's lost ruins of arnak uh basically it's a deck building game and if you don't understand that mechanic it means like you start off with a deck of cards and then you slowly buy more cards to with resources obviously to like make your deck bigger and better and let you do more things but the game's a really tight resource management type of game as well. Uh, the theme of it is like Indiana Jones style, where like you're kind of like going through the jungle or the woods or whatever, whatnot, looking for artifacts, battling uh, guardians, doing some research on this research track. Uh, it's 
I don't want to say it's the most innovative game, but it's pretty pretty clever how they mixed uh, worker placement with deck building. I really like it. Uh, I know Taylor and Albert played with me this weekend. What did you guys think about it? I was a big fan. Um, <clears throat> it's got a lot of elements that I really like because I'm a big uh, deck builder fan um, and then the resource management. So it's got a lot of interesting aspects to it, and I feel like there's never one right way to do things, so it, it brings a lot of variability, and it's I, it was fun. I enjoyed it, especially because I won. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, it was uh, it's definitely fun because I liked it. There's kind of like three strategies to win, and so it's like maybe the way I went in like the last weekend isn't the, like that's not going to win it for me next game because the cards are always going to be different. So it's like it's interesting, like um, how. Uh, you can kind of it's it's just like a different game you know each time so i don't know i, I liked it it was a it was a good game <laughs> yeah the replayability is definitely there mm-hmm. um the game got so much buzz and uh good congratulations from everybody that they're actually making a expansion for it so uh, from what i've heard the expansion uh everyone's going to have an asymmetrical power so basically like your own type of power that nobody else has but it's not super overpowered I'm not sure what the four uh, asymmetric powers are yet, but you, everyone will probably end up starting somewhere, something a little bit different. So maybe, I don't know, you'll be better at exploration or better at fighting uh, guardians, or maybe one guy can pick up cards easier or whatever, whatnot, or someone can go up the research track faster. <clears throat> I'm not 100% sure, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's supposed to come out early next year, so we'll see how that works out. Um, I have two more awards that I wanted to highlight. One of them is going to be best game theming. Now, this has been on my wish list for a while. <clears throat> the problem is, I have way too many campaign games that I haven't got even touched yet. But uh, the game is called Forgotten Waters. Uh, basically, it's a cooperative pirate exploration game. And um, I don't know if you guys remember the uh, the crossroads system from uh, oh, what's that zombie game? Uh, Dead of Winter. There, there go. we go. Yeah, the crossroad system from Dead of Winter. If you don't know what the crossroad system is, it's uh, before you take your turn, the person to the right draws a storyline card, and if you meet the conditions of that card, they tell you, hey, this is what happens right here. So it could be something as simple as, like, uh, this person collected gold his turn, and they'll be like, oh, all right, stop. I have to tell you what happens. And it's like, oh, you collected gold. Well, there's a sea turtle that turns into a human being and wants to whoop your ass. What do you want to do? You know, some crazy stuff like that. Um, basically, it's like a legacy slash campaign type, type style of game. I'm really looking forward to picking it up at some point in time, but I need to get through most of these campaign games, seeing as how I just picked up two more. Um, but <clears throat> eventually, we'll, we'll probably revisit it at one point in time. Um, the last award that I wanted to talk about, which is really weird. Dice Tower doesn't ever give this award out, and this is the first time it's given it out. And I actually really appreciate this award. So the award is Excellence in Training, or in Teaching. So basically, the setup of how you play the game was so good. The, The beginning scenario is so good that it makes you understand how to play the game. And it makes the previous game, getting into the previous game, even better. The game is called uh, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. It was a Target exclusive for a while. Basically, it was... It's basically a sequel to Gloomhaven, 
but they always say that if you want to get into Gloomhaven, you should pick up Jaws of the Lion first, because the way that it's explained in that set of game style, it, it helps you immediately be able to jump into Gloomhaven, regular Gloomhaven, and not like miss a beat or anything like that. But yeah, uh, that was my section for uh, highlights of the Dice Tower Awards. If you ever get a chance, uh, well, it was kind of done a little bit late this year, obviously because of COVID and stuff like that. But keep an eye out for them. There's more uh, content and stuff in awards that I didn't get to just because I didn't want to take up too much of your guys' time. But uh, I would check out some of those games. Definitely big ups to Lost Rune of Arnak. I'm trying to get uh, the crew played at some point in time. They have some solo awards here, but I'm not going to really go over them since I don't know much about solo gameplay. But uh, yeah, if you ever get a chance, go to the Dice Tower. They have a big YouTube section, board game reviews, anything that you're looking for. Most likely it's there. They also have a podcast. Uh, I would check them out. I certainly do every week. They're pretty good. But yeah, that is the Dice Tower Awards section of our podcast. So you mentioned you didn't like tile placement. Does that mean you don't like Vegas Showdown? Ooh, so that to me is a little bit different. Okay. I feel like Vegas Showdown's uh, base mechanic is the auction. You know, of like, all right, I want to go here, and I'm going to bet on this place, but if someone bets in front of me, you know, then I get to move my guy away. But maybe I can convince someone else to go in front of him while I go to the actual spot that I really wanted to go to in the first place. Gotcha. Uh, see, that's, to me... So, like, I don't know if you ever played Carcassonne. I haven't, no. Uh, Carcassonne's a, a tile placement game where, like, you want to create roads or, like, uh, castles or stuff like that. Uh, to me, I, and I could be wrong because I didn't go deep into tile placement. Tile placement, to me, is, like, I feel like it's not, like, you have choices, but people know what the right choice is. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if this left side of the tile is showing water, okay, and I draw a tile and there's one side of the tile that shows water, obviously, if I want to get my most points, I'm going to stick it in this spot, you know, so I can make a lake or whatever or whatnot. I feel like there's just not enough variability of, like, what directly is the best way to score points. And I could be wrong. Maybe there's tons of strategy. I just don't get enjoyment from playing tile placement games. Gotcha. Uh, with that being said, we are going to move to Albert with a different type of entertainment. That is correct, sir. Um, <clears throat> we're going to discuss some movies because, you know, I'm the movie guy here. Um, so this this past uh, couple weekends, I should say, we've, we've had some interesting examples of movie releases happen. Um, for those of you who are unaware, though I'm sure you have been, there was a pandemic that just happened. Um, and as a result, a lot of movies had to get delayed, get moved around, blah, blah, blah. Uh, new strategies had to come out about how to release movies. And so this whole year has been very interesting in terms of us getting back to normal when it comes to the movies. Um, and we had recently a pretty big example of the like dual release thing that's going on where you both release it on a streaming service as well as in theaters. Uh, the two examples being, one, uh, Black Widow, which is the biggest example, uh, and the other being Space Jam, which is a decent example. Not great, but, you know, it's there. Uh, and it, it brings up an interesting question. 
because there's actually a lot of movie folks that are kind of upset about this happening. Specifically, Black Widow, because Black Widow is an MCU movie. It is a Marvel movie. It should be making millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, as as every Marvel d- movie does, even as trash as like Thor 2. Um, this first weekend that came out, it made a lot of money. Um, it made uh, over $100 million, which was something that doesn't happen because, you know, pandemic, people are still are scared to go out to the movie, but they're willing to go see Black Widow. And so people were like, okay, this might be the big change. People are going to start coming back to the theaters because they're going to see Black Widow. They're going to realize we're okay, start seeing more movies. Next weekend comes up. It has dropped almost 70% in its box office money and got beat out by Space Jam 2, which itself did very poorly, Um, which seems to be an example of people aren't going back to the theaters yet, which is going to happen people are worried um and there's i've i've heard economists say that it's going to be till like 2025 before movie theaters are back to where they used to be um however there's a question of whether or not movie studios are willing to wait for that back to normalness to happen um, especially something as big of a conglomerate as disney uh they have another movie coming out jungle cruise in a week or two, I don't remember exactly, uh, that is doing a similar thing that Black Widow did, which is premiering on Disney Plus for their premiere access, where you pay, what's it, 30 bucks? Um, And you get access to the movie immediately and get to watch it whenever you want. Uh, Essentially like buying the movie, but through Disney Plus. Um, And apparently, Black Widow made $60 million dollars through premium access in that first weekend, which is the first time they announced that because they've done it a couple times with, was it Raya and something else they did that with? A Mulan. Mulan, that's right. Um, and they didn't announce how much money they made through that, but this time they did. They were like, hey, Black Widow made us $60 million through people watching it just through Disney+, Plus, which is about half of what they got in the box office in that opening weekend. So that's a pretty significant number when you think about streaming services. Um, and so now there's this discussion about whether or not this whole dual release thing that they're doing is the best financial way to do it until theaters get back to making money. Because right now they're not doing well. Uh, people aren't going out, which is sad as someone who loves to go to the movies. Um, and as a result, it's possible that these big movies are going to start transitioning to streaming. And I, for one, don't want that to happen because I went to go see Black Widow in theaters. It was wonderful to see in theaters. I'm sure it did not feel the same watching it on TV. So it's it's kind of a, a dangerous slope, and I'm curious about what you guys think of it because we're obviously going to have some more examples uh, with Jungle Cruise coming out. Um, I don't know if Disney has any more uh, premiere access releases coming, but I wouldn't be surprised if they announce any more. Um, HBO Max, on the whole other hand, or Warner Brothers, I should say, has their whole slate coming out, dual HBO Max and theaters, and clearly they are doing perfectly fine with that. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong being a good example, they made a lot of money in the theaters and got a shit ton of people to sign up for HBO Max. 
Um, Space Jam didn't make a lot of money, so maybe it was better off just being released on HBO Max. And so that might lead to less movies coming out in theaters as well if they're able to just pull in that money from subscriptions. And so a lot of questions about how how these streaming services may start eating up theater movies. And I'm curious what you guys think about this scenario. Do you feel like it's better uh, to have more of this access, you know, dual releases, all these kinds of things? Or do you feel like movies should be in theaters? That's the way it's always been, and that's the best way that it is to enjoy these movies. So if you don't mind, Taylor, I'd like to go first. Sure. <clears throat> um, my personal opinion on what's going on here and the reason why uh, I guess the income or the revenue that you would say from these movies is being split is because we are being given the option. Okay. For some people, it's easier to get a group of 10, 15 people in, in a living room area and all have everyone throw in two or three dollars to get access to a movie that would normally cost you fifteen dollars just for the ticket and then another i don't know fifteen twenty dollars for your drink and popcorn personally i like the movie theater experience i can understand why some people don't have that uh well, they don't want to go in. I, I don't think it's COVID related. I think it's just we've become comfortable to the fact of, hey, I need to go take a dump right now. Let me pause this movie so I don't miss anything. Everyone can take a quick drink break or, you know, talk about what's going on while I go take this 10, 15 minute dump, you know, after watching Tesla Taylor and then come <laughs> back out fully refreshed. And then we can restart the movie again. You know, that's something that you can't do in the movie theaters. And it's crazy. I do like taking the kids to the movie theaters, but I, I understand the convenience because of there's times where I've missed, especially like a Marvel movie. The kids are so excited and I tell them, hey, go use the bathroom before we start the movie. You know, kids I already went. I'm OK. And then all of a sudden you're getting like an hour into the movie and they suck down that large freaking Slurpee just and it's all gone and guess who has to go potty now <clears throat> and guess who's missing out on the best scene of the of the whole movie but uh yeah i think right now it's because these these whether was it uh hbo max is it warner brothers who does who's doing the other one yeah that's warner brothers that's that's dropping all their stuff on hbo max yeah warner brothers and then disney plus it's because we're given the option if you think about it once they take this option away and and Whatever happens with COVID, if, if we still think it's a big thing or not, which, you know, some people have different opinions or, or whatever, whatnot. Right now, as a corporate corporate position, I think they're just trying to get as much money back into their company as much as possible. Uh, it's the same thing with, like, I think how, like, Disneyland is doing things. You know, like, yeah, we're going to open it, but we're opening it to Californians only and selective people from outside. Oh, by the way, you also have to make a reservation that stuff is slowly going to go away. Um, I know I got a message from Six Flags, Marine World. What, what's bias here in Vallejo? Yeah, Six Flags. Yeah, yeah uh, Six it's, Flags. It's Discovery Kingdom. Discovery yeah. Kingdom. There we go. I got a message from them saying they're lifting their mass restrictions um, if you have the COVID shot or whatever. But obviously, you don't have to show proof there. 
<clears throat> um, Gen Con had just emailed us that they're lifting the mask restrictions, but and I don't know how legal this is, but they said you have to show proof that you've had the vaccination shot. Uh, Sack Anime's uh, doing the similar situation where they'll you just need to show proof of your vaccination, and then as long as they they'll give you a special wristband to wear to show like yeah you've showed proof, but they'll never actually record it. So that's kind of like how they get away around the HIPAA laws, and so it's like you're consenting, I'm willing to give out my patient information to this person that can physically see it, but then it's kind of like destroyed after that because they won't be able to repeat it after that, so. See, that makes sense. Yeah. And so, like, going back to streaming versus theater stuff, like, maybe it's just some people's comfortability of of how they want to watch it. Like, you know, the restrictions are lifted right now in Sacramento, uh, but I still see people all the time wearing masks in and out of stores, or I still see people who don't have masks, and I'm pretty sure they haven't even been vaccinated. Um, but I, I think just more of the comfortability and how the movie companies can create the most profit at this point in time. Because if things slowly start going the other way, like I know you're saying there's a big profit margin right now for streaming servers, but like let's say that starts dropping off slowly and surely because things are... I guess getting back to normal. I feel like at some point in time they'll just drop it. They they want people to go to movie theaters because if I'm if I'm not wrong, I believe they also get a cut from like AMC or like whoever else for just having their movie in their theater. Um, I that could is be wrong. to to give those at home an idea of the economy of of movie theaters. Uh, movies gain money from um, the ticket sales. Uh, they get a portion of the ticket sales as well as they charge these movie theaters to be able to use their movies. Um, meanwhile, movie theaters make money off of the rest of the cost of the ticket sale, kind of a percentage, like less than what the theaters make, or I should say the studios make, and then largely from their concessions. So uh, if you want to support your local theater, buy concessions because buying tickets is not doing it just to let y'all know and i feel like that's why they have discounts and stuff like that too right or like matinee or whatever whatnot exactly yeah just just so they could get people to come in because really theaters make their money off of that expensive ass popcorn and drinks and stuff so that's that's where you want to make you know if you really want to make a difference in helping these theaters buy some popcorn uh don't sneak in some taco bell or something <laughs> that's the worst mistake <laughs> how would you do that to yourself <laughs> um yeah i really like the hybrid model if you would like to call it that where we have the streaming option and then we have the movie theater option and i do agree that like um it's going to be very difficult to replicate that movie theater uh big screen experience and sound experience um i think it's the sound is more important for me in my opinion but uh uh, yeah, it's going to be really hard to uh, duplicate that at home. Some people can do it if they got a lot of money or so, um, but uh, it's kind of like one of those toss-ups. Um, I like, I guess, that flexibility that you can choose to either stay home or have a watch party with a bunch of friends and kind of sacrifice that big screen slash uh, sound quality. Um, but now you get to, you can kind of either, if you have a talkative group, you can talk in the movie without being rude, um, or, you know, uh, you all can be quiet and you know you get that peace and quiet. You don't have to worry about other people's children or anything screaming or ruining the movie for you. So there's that. And then there's the flexibility of payment where 
it's thirty dollars, but like uh, David was saying, like you could split that up between five, ten, how many people you want to fit in your living room, and re- greatly reduce the cost and save some money there. So, uh, I f- feel like that they'll keep that option around just because it's like is dual streams of revenue for them, and so it's like the people that have kids are like, okay, it's a bit too pricey to go see this movie, but I can afford thirty dollars for all my kids to watch it, like they're still getting that $30 now, which is great. And then, um, but now it hurts the movie theater. So it's, uh, it's going to be a tough battle and movie. I think movie theaters, like if they do continue movie theaters are going to have to find a way to deal with that new alternative, I think. And I, I feel like some of them are, um, for those, for, if you've seen some of the things that, uh, movie theaters have been doing recently, uh, between the like private screenings, which is honestly that should have been happening a long time ago. That's such a great idea uh, to I be agree. able to pack a theater with whoever, all your friends and family and such. Um, I've also seen theaters starting to do uh, video game like tournaments within the movie theater. So like folks can sign up for the tournament and then all of the matches are happening on the big screen. And honestly, that's, that's damn legit to do. Um, so like there's, there's options and like things like, Hey, you want to have a watch party for the Super Bowl? Come to the movie theater. We'll offer discounts on on our food and everything. Like that'd be cool. Stuff like that. I feel like movie theaters should under I, I, it's 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 an experience to be honest. It shouldn't be the only place to watch movies. Um, that's just the way that it is at this point. Not everybody can go to a movie theater anymore, and it, you shouldn't have to go to a movie theater to see these movies. You should be able to watch it wherever. Um, I think movie theaters should no longer be movie theaters. They should be just theaters where you can really enjoy that theater experience with whatever's going on. You want to watch the next big Marvel movie? Do it. You want to play a video game tournament? Do it. You want to watch uh, UFC here? Do it. Like, there's so many options of, like, I would love to be in a movie theater to see these things. They just got to open it up. And I think that, that'll save theaters, honestly, in the long run. Uh, is if they start opening that up because I, I I hate to say it but y'all are right like they're gonna stick with this dual model it's making money um, it's it's doing well it's especially with like every damn streaming service in the world available they could do whatever they want with that um, the, I feel like studios as much as they want to keep movie theaters alive I think movie theaters they gotta they gotta pivot that's the only way that this is gonna work out. Yeah, I guess uh, we'll just have to wait and see how that works out. Well, uh, speaking of video games, let's go to uh, Mr. Taylor Hardy, a.k.a. Tesla Taylor. (laughs) Thanks, Mr. Maggard. Um, So, yeah, I recently picked up a a game called Hades. Um, I'm pretty sure it came out on uh, Steam first, and uh, now, like, uh, Nintendo Switch has it. Um, Or they've always had it, but anyways... uh, yeah, so I heard it got Game of the Year award. Um, I can't remember which year, but uh, uh, so I decided to pick it up, got a recommendation from a friend, and I have been like addicted to it. Um, I probably put like 16 hours on the game, and I've only uh, like played it for like two whole days so far, so um, it's just been a lot of fun. Um, so a little bit about the game is that it's a, it's a roguelike game, uh, kind of like a dungeon crawler. You're uh, you start out as Hades' son, and you're trying to escape um, the underworld. 
and uh, the Greek gods and goddesses are there to help you kind of along your way. They'll uh, one room, they'll drop a power for you, and you get to pick from multiple choices. Like, okay, I've I've got a sword this game. Like, uh, I want to do more splash damage, or I want to uh, hit harder with a single attack. And so you kind of make things up as you go along, and you progress through these dungeons. And then uh, it also tells a story as you progress. And so uh, one thing that I really like about the game is you're progressing, like um, you're inevitably going to die, um, but dying isn't a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing because then when you die, you go back home um, and then your father, Hades, berates you and tells you horrible things and how you're a horrible son, but you get to learn more about the world, uh, more story. Um, and then, uh, you also, uh, get to upgrade yourself for permanent stats. Cause you, when you do die, things reset, but you do get to keep certain rewards that get to come back with you. So, um, yeah, uh, you start buffing yourself up, uh, and then you, you, you progress and you can also choose different weapons as well. Uh, so then the run is never the same. So it's like, you can do a different build this time, or, uh, you can try a different weapon out, um, so it's just been very entertaining. It's always uh, random. New things happen all the time, and it keeps the game really fresh. I haven't gotten bored with it yet. Um, and uh, the storytelling's really good. And there's a lot of humor in there, too. Um, I don't want to spoil too much if you do decide to pick up the game, but uh, I I found it really enjoyable. So that is like kind of my soft review of Hades. Um, it definitely deserved Game of the Year. Um, I see why they got it. It's it's been fantastic. Yeah, I've heard fantastic things about Hades. Um, I I don't know. I've never been a big roguelike fan, uh, just because you know it, it, you're literally repeating the same levels over and over again. Um, mm -hmm. And you know that's only so interesting for so long. Uh, I yeah. but I do like the story behind Hades, like with you know. He's the son of Hades, you know, him trying to escape from the underworld, all that stuff. And as a big, like, mythology fan, it covers a lot. It's really cool. Um, but I've, I I always meant to try it. It's just, you know, roguelikes aren't my thing. And I'll, I'll probably try it one day. I'm sure there's going to be a point where it's, like, on sale on Switch because I don't have a good enough computer to be doing quality games on Steam. Um and then I'll pick it up, and then I'll run it a few times, really enjoy it, and then I'll probably stop because, you know, it's repetitive and I'll get bored. <laughs> Two things. First, I may be old. I don't understand what roguelike means. <laughs> sure. Um, so I'll try to explain it correctly. Um, but uh, basically it's... Um, uh, your uh, the the dungeons are kind of like randomly uh, generated, uh, and so one room will never be the same as another room, uh, except for boss rooms and such. But uh, the roguelike piece comes in is where uh, each uh, once you clear a floor, you get to make a choice between do I want this power? Maybe I want these items to take with me when I die, and so um, or I want something random because uh, there's a random element to it. So it's like super chaotic and such. Um, but uh, you just get to pick and choose what you want to do and build this character along this adventure until you, you do die. Um, so that's kind of like the roguelike piece. But uh, it's kind of like a hack and slash game. But uh, there's strategy to it because bosses have certain mechanics and uh, you got to memorize those mechanics. Otherwise, like you're going to get creamed. So, yeah. so, so with so, that being said... 
Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, think of it like you know a game that doesn't have any checkpoints, any save points, anything like that. But with every loss, you learn something new or you get a new power, and so that the next time you come back around, you're gonna get it this time. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll just keep growing stronger and stronger until you eventually get to the end. And then you have to do it again and then again because you got to get the whole story. And that's just how it works. So comparability, is this like, what's that game called? Uh, Like Dark Souls, but like the Greek god version? Kind Uh, of. uh, I wouldn't say like, because Dark Souls is very punishing. Uh, This game gives you some leeway. Like if you do die, there's a chance for you to come back uh, and not like uh, completely wipe your run or so. But I I wouldn't say it's as hard as Dark Souls, um, but it's definitely heavy in the uh, Greek mythology. In in terms of the like style of the game, I wouldn't think Dark Souls. Uh, Dark Souls is like, even if you die, like there's the the campfires or whatever the, where you could save your, uh, yeah, save where you're at and stuff like that. And so like you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning. Roguelikes are you have to go all the way back to the beginning and start over again, and do the same thing all over again. And like you could see how it gets stressful, but like every time you do, you've got new powers, you got new weapons, you got new stuff. You can do it again. It's just, it'll get frustrating after a while, but it can also be like really rewarding if you finally make it through. It's like, oh my God, this has taken me hours upon hours to figure this out. And I finally did it. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. And it's cool too, because like uh, what Albert was saying too is like there was a point where one boss, I kept losing to this boss over and over again, but I finally was able to beat it. And then I got really far in my run. I was like, oh, I've never been this far. This is amazing. And then, you know, I died. And then now that I got stronger and figured out like kind of the boss's strategies, now I, I don't even bother with the boss. I just cream it and keep going. So you yeah. do cream it, don't mm-hmm. you? Tesla Taylor. <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why I like like my style i'm i'm a big fan of like almost like boss run type of dude like cuphead i was a big fan of because you could do that one boss until you finally win it um that's more my style where you do that one stage over and over until you win and then you never look back at it again because i ain't doing that shit again uh roguelikes they're like nope you, you died well guess what all that shit you just went through do it again yeah <laughs> That seems punishing. Um, well, that's going to lead into my second little comment. Um, not to hijack your topic, but did you guys hear about the Steam handheld? Yes. Yes. You mean the 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 Switch killer? It supposedly. <laughs> I mean, it looks interesting, and maybe this might actually force Nintendo to. Uh, push their plans even faster than what they're doing now instead of this the OLED model. No. Um I, I think this is as much of a switch killer as it as the PSP was a DS killer. It's <laughs> it's, it's about a, that Vita though. Oh that Vita though it that crushed <laughs> the 3DS. It it never stood a chance. Um no I I I like the concept. It's really cool. I think the problem with it is uh like Steam is for PC gamers and PC gamers have such a high bar of what you need to be capable of doing. And I just don't see any kind of like mobile console being able to keep up with what PC gamers need, like not even want need at this point, like oh, P- 
PC gamers are so they're the worst. Um, <laughs> like like console folks, they could easily grab a Switch and be like, ah, this is everything that I needed because you know we don't care that much about super high graphics and all this stuff. But PC gamers, nah, it needs to be perfect, or there ain't no reason for this to exist. So I I think it's a good idea. It's a fun concept. Anyone that wants to get on like the very basic level of PC gaming, sure, grab it. It ain't gonna it ain't gonna please the masses that it's trying to please. So real quick, going back to the PSP and the Vita or whatever whatnot and comparing it to the DS, I think the PSP had admirations of being something bigger than what it really was. Aspirations. Uh, aspirations, I'm sorry. For the simple fact, one, they were like, they had the same game, but it wasn't. So, for example, when the PSP was out, PS2 or PS3, whatever was the hottest thing at the time, they would have like a normal Need for Speed, like Need for Speed Underground or 3 or whatever, whatnot. The PSP had like Need for Speed Underground Rivals. And it was like a totally not the same game as what it was on the PlayStation, you know? And like, they kept coming out with these games and, and, Nothing could compare to what you could have just did it on console. With Steam's library and how big it is, I think that's where they have the edge of, of yeah, we're going to have this game. It's just hopefully they have the mods or whatever that is inside the system to, to keep up with everything. Because I feel like if you don't have that, that those mods or you know the accessibility or whatever it needs to do, you're not... You're not bless you, whoever that was. Uh, you're not. Uh, you're gonna lose some fans, but I think the potential's there. I wouldn't so much call it the the switch killer. I would more think of it of like something that's gonna linger around for a little bit, like maybe like the Game Gear or something. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're you're saying the Game Gear lingered around after I'm, I'm it, not gonna lie. After, after it got time. its ass beat yeah. by the Game Boy. <laughs> like most people don't even remember that Game Gear exists. So, <laughs> I the first handheld system I actually bought the boys were two Game Gears. Okay, uh, I loved the Game Gear. My biggest problem with it is it took six AA batteries, and as in one session, uh, one eight-hour session a day, your your game would be just completely wiped because you used all that power to power that colored screen or. I don't even, it wasn't even LCD at the time. It was just some weird... I, I don't even know what type of screen that was, but yeah, your batteries would just drain. And I, that was my biggest problem. That's fair. Um, I don't know. I, I think the Steam... It, it has the potential to be really good. Um, I don't know. I have to see it. I have to see what it can do. Because, I mean, if it can do everything for, for PC gaming... Like if you can take like shit like like League of Legends or something on the road, I don't even know why I'm saying League of Legends. It's not even like the biggest <laughs> thing anymore. But like it's been a while since I've been on PC gaming. Um, <clears throat> like if if they could fix if they can keep up with these like high quality games that you could play on the road, then it's worth it. Like the same thing that the Switch does that you can play like legit games on the road. Um, that's that's the biggest thing. So I. That's that's going to be my big question is like what's the biggest thing that it can play? Like if it can play some legit ass games constantly, then yeah, I'm down. But if it's like you have to drop your graphic settings down to 
minimum in order for it to run properly, it ain't worth it. Especially at how much is it? Four hundred. I think it said yeah. four hundred uh, Canadian dollars. I think it's uh, four hundred or four fifty around there. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, Steam games though that are just like very basic um, that uh, don't require a lot of graphics power and such. Um, like Stardew Valley is one of them. Uh, but uh, I'm I know they've got the library for games that can run it probably really well. But yeah, there's like games like XCOM. I don't know how well that handheld held is gonna try to play. You know, like on a like a computer can run it really well, but a handheld I've got questions uh, i haven't really looked at the specs of the system so i don't know um but uh yeah it'll be interesting to see how long it like hangs on for and such i'm curious about the multiplayer aspect too like how are other steam users gonna play multiplayer in this game uh so yeah we'll see how long it lasts i think Swi uh, the switch is gonna be okay because it's nintendo so oh yeah you're definitely not gonna play mario golf on steam yeah so exactly exactly uh, you, you can't have anything equivalent to mario golf it's <laughs> can't keep up um the last thing i want to make about the steam handheld system so the one thing i'm looking forward to is actually not even the bigger games so steam has a, a pretty big library of digital board games and I'd love to have access to that, even to like probably break down my collection to have something digitally wise. Because I know like a lot of you guys don't play them digitally or like people that I know. But I feel like if there was a handheld, we could actually do that in the same room or even like at home or whatever. whatnot. like think of the setup time because Scythe is on Steam. Think of the setup time of, of Scythe. Okay takes you forever to put it put it together and then when you finally get going there's still all a little bit of downtime of like trying to figure out what you're going to do you can do that on a handheld and if they can replicate it good enough like i might not even have scythe anymore in my collection um i don't know there, there's also blood rage is a steam game as well when you know how I feel about Blood Rage, but I still might just keep it because that's a pretty looking game. I was about place. to say, like of, of all the <laughs> games, like Blood Rage is just a really pretty game. Um, how dare you betray the board game business, sir? I, I this know, isn't right. This is not a computer <laughs> game business. It's a board game business. man, what's wrong with you? Okay, so like, um, did you guys play Splendor with me? The Marvel Splendor. Yes. Um. Would you like to play that on digital instead of in front of people? Because I feel like that's a small I, box game that... Yeah, I, I, I'd say these smaller games like Splendor, um, I don't know, Pandemic, you know, the, those kind of games where the visuals of it aren't as important, I'm down to play. I feel like games like... Because I, I love the look of Scythe. The art of Scythe is fantastic. The the miniatures are very well done. Um, and just like the overwhelming look of all your opponent's miniatures sitting in the territory next to you is really daunting. Seeing that on a, a little screen is like, eh, cool, I guess. <laughs> so there is a... a a game in steam called tabletop simulator and you can practically play any board game you've ever wanted um minus uh, some companies have come in and said if you 
you know, if you pay us some money, we'll let you license the board game for this thing. But most of uh, the time, it's just by a group of modders. People create all the pieces digitally for you with the assets and such. So it's a pretty cool program. Um, but yeah, I there's certain games I just want to play in person. Um, I know uh, for your sake, Mr. Maggard, uh, talking about setup time, you can set up templates where the game board is already set up, everyone's hands ready to go and such. So I know that is a big time saving for you. Um, so it's a, I guess to each their own. <laughs> Taylor, how dare yeah. you bring up Tabletop Simulator? <laughs> <laughs> TTS! <You> <laughs> That's one, like I've heard like Kickstarter games that haven't even dropped yet are on Tabletop Simulator. I'm like, ah, mm -hmm. but I don't want, I got to respect the board games, man. You got to respect it. Like, I'm That's not hopping okay. on... Uh, then, then again, I, I played, like, every TCG through the computer because I ain't spending money on all those damn cards. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it is a pretty cool way for a lot of folks that aren't into board gaming. It's a lot less daunting of a task to be like, hey, just hop on the computer, play this game. It will hold your hand through most of it. You'll, you'll get the better hang of it so that when you play it in person, it's so much cooler. Um... I don't know. I I just I like board games. I respect the 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 physical presence of a board game. I, I feel like it's a bit of a um, a disservice to it when you just put it onto a screen and be like, "There you go." It's basically the same thing. <laughs> the only... oh, I... Go uh, ahead, Taylor. Sorry. Uh, yeah, the last bit I wanted to say on it is like, what would uh, the reason why I bought it is uh, I have friends in Texas that wanted to play board games, so. We can't obviously meet, but uh, that was one way we can kind of still play a couple board games together. So, yeah, I, w I want to put this out there right now. At no point am I ever going to give up board gaming, and I'm never going to say that tabletop simulator is better than physical interaction with somebody. If I want to yell at you and you feel the spit come off of my face because <laughs> you did something so horrible to me that blocked me from doing something, I, I want to do it in person. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to be one of these internet internet trolls or whatever, whatnot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but either or, I, I think for like smaller box games, like I said, I think it's it'd be a good thing. Like. Throughout the week, I'm not allowed to play board games as much because taking care of the kids, but I guarantee you I could pull out a handheld system and be like, hey, you guys want to play Splendor real quick? And then we just hop on Splendor. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's all I have to say about that. I was um, just pretty interested. If we could like run a, a just a run of rants real quick. I'm, I'm never going to say that going to the movie theaters is going to be worse. I'm never going to say that watching streaming movies <laughs> is the better choice. But I got to say, for like some of these smaller movies, you know, the ones that don't really get wide releases and stuff, it's really good. And sometimes, you know, you don't want to go out. You can't spend all that money. It's just a good, like, relaxing night to just throw it on the TV. Um, I don't know. That's just how I feel. <laughs> Taylor? I've got no rants. All right, I'll do it for <laughs> Other you. Other than your car you is slow. Yeah, so oh, I see. I see, I was gonna rant for you, Taylor. I was like, you know, sometimes I just want to have a hands-free experience and do whatever I need to do with my hands inside my Tesla. You it's know, nice. Uh, <laughs> just like put those hands behind your head. <laughs> oh Jesus! Anyways, so since we're done with our little rant section, um, we do have a fan question. Fan question. Now, this is a yeah, fan question. Uh, now this is a little bit different because it's not so much. I don't. Well, I mean, I guess you could apply it to entertainment. 
Um, but it was just a, a question in general for all three of us. Uh, the question is, what is something you believe that someone does not believe in? Um, if you want, I can go first. So, like, I, I tell this to my fiance all the time, and it's just because most people irritate me. <laughs> um, and I know I might get some, some backlash at this, maybe just a little bit, or maybe... But let me explain before people start exiting out of the podcast and like, oh, FTPO, those guys, or at least that fat one is crazy. I don't want to <laughs> listen to him anymore. <clears throat> um, I believe at some point in time, well, maybe not when I'm like super old or whatever, but at some point in your growing up time, everyone needs to get beat up one good time. Um, for that reason, it's just a humbling experience especially people who've like never or don't i don't want to say don't know their place but like for instance there's a lot of road rage for people that drive on the street and they're like oh you're, you're in the wrong because you did this or whatever or whatnot and they're like wait a minute like you don't control the whole road okay or like people uh that just walk down the street like oh this person must respect me because i'm here or whatever whatnot i i think just people need to be humbled at some point in time to realize like all right yeah i'm right here like i'm wrong in this area and i'm right in this area and i can give that leeway to respect other people's individual opinions or, or whatever or whatnot i don't know that's just me i definitely want to say like i t totally agree with you because like i've had this whole thought process about like how there's lack of consequences in this world i'm gonna go off on an entire rant and tangent but like i was involved in a hit and run the lady had a kid in her car and she put her kid in danger and the police did nothing about it so i'm just like so you're telling me you don't need insurance for one you can hit someone and get away with it and it's like okay because they the police told me they went to the person's house and that they're like wasn't the driver so we can't arrest them and i'm like Oh, okay then. Well, guess I'm gonna just start ramming into people off the road then, because I, I could just say I wasn't driving the car. You have no proof. <laughs> but anyways, yes, I do agree that like someone needs to get socked in the face at least once or something. <laughs> um, consequences need to happen at least once to be humbled, so that that way consequences are real, and then you won't do stupid shit and be like, oh, I'll get away with it because it's not gonna affect me. But. Anyways, sorry, long No rant. problem. By I have way, my I, own topic. <laughs> I didn't mean to, like, just also, like, cause uh, physical damage to somebody, but, like, oh, no people physical. who are, like, overconfident in, like, their job or whatever, and they think they're, like, they're really good at doing whatever they're doing, like, some, some of those people need to get demoted or even fired to be like, hey, oh, oh, crap, maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was, and, like, this is where I'm at, this is where I need to get better at, this is where I need to understand other people or whatever, whatnot, uh, the, the crazy thing is, is the human race is like a, a constant form of evolution, but there's some people who don't want to evolve. Like it's almost like Pikachu with Ash. Like he wants to stay Pikachu. Okay, and but ten he's years old. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like at some point in time, you know, you got to evolve into a, a better or more kind or a more understanding person. Because it takes too much energy to, I say, like, to hate people or whatever and whatnot. And, like, I feel like it takes too much energy to, to leave your chest out, too. Like, oh, I'm this big-ass, badass person, you know? Like, respect me. It, it, 
I feel like people are putting their energy in the wrong places and they just need to be humbled at, at some sort of way or, or something like that. I don't know, but that's, that's those are my thoughts for that question. I, man, I was curious how deep we were going to get with this. Like, I wasn't sure if we need to go really like simple, like, oh, I believe ketchup belongs on all hot dogs or like some real shit. Like, uh, I believe God doesn't exist and the Holocaust didn't happen. Like what? I don't know where the limit is. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. I forgot what mine was. Taylor, feel free to go. By the way, Sounds pineapple good. does belong on pizza. So you son of a that. bitch. You're a monster. <laughs> Hawaiian um, pizza has been an option since the <laughs> beginning of days. I just want to, all of a sudden it's just this big craze that no one wants pineapple on pizza. No, it's always that's been a an damn option. Lie. Pizza has l- existed long before pineapple ever made its stupid ass <laughs> on top of it, and then some fucking white American fucking looked at Hawaii is like they got pineapples. I want to put it on my pizza, and that's how we got that shit. <laughs> It's delicious. That's all I have to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'll go with mine. Um, it's a little bit out there and weird, I suppose. Um, but uh, I blame the video game Star Ocean till the end of time for this one. Um, so basically, life is kind of like a simulation. And uh, so and the way they kind of explained it is like, essentially our universe and then a bigger universe outside of that created our universe just to see like how i guess kind of like the sims like what they'll do and how they handle things and then all of a sudden the sims started getting smart and started creating their own programs inside the simulation and then they're like oh this is getting a little out of control here so we're gonna send these things i can't remember the technical name but they just try start wiping out the whole they're deleting the server essentially so then these people that created programs were like, oh, okay, well, we're going to go into your universe and, um, you know, hack into you. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, crap, now the simulation's real. So anyways, um, just an interesting concept. It's like, what if our our lives are a simulation type thing? And so it's like, what happens when you do die? Like, what's the great beyond? Is it like another game? Is it another start? Like, who knows? So anyways, it was just a cool concept <laughs> so real quick when you say simulation are you saying that like you have no control over what you're doing at this point in time right now and that like it's already predetermined of what you're going to do that's too deep i don't know <laughs> i was about to say god this is getting too deep i ain't high i can't i can't answer these questions <laughs> yeah. i these this i'm sorry this is what the fans wanted they, they wanted what? to know. Uh, I thought they were thinking a lot simpler. Like, uh, <laughs> I believe that uh, subs, not dubs, like shit like that. Like, I didn't <laughs> think we were going to go fucking it, what is life and its meaning and shit. Yeah, next next time I'll get more specific. I'm really like, hey, give me a specific question because we veered off into this weird uh, different dimension now. We're we're in a different timeline. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't even think this is the right timeline for this podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> My Big ups God. to Loki, by the way. Uh-oh. Anybody who watched Loki, I hope I hope you appreciate it because I totally went into that not thinking it was going to be anything, and I uh, I didn't explode my pants in the end, but I'm just wanting a little bit more. Someone in this group did not appreciate Loki. <laughs> I just it it went way above my head. It got super confusing. I'm just like, 
what is even happening and this is cryptic thing i i I will let you i I will say one thing um as someone who has some knowledge of the comics i'm not going to pretend like i know everything because i haven't read them so i don't know um but of my knowledge of kang from what i know explaining kang and everything that he is and his backstory and all of that that took like over a decade worth of comics and stories and side stories and all this stuff to fully explain what the hell Kang is. So to try and get a sense of it in one episode, they did a very good job. They made as much sense of it as they could, um, as simply as they could. But it's perfectly fine if you don't get it yet, because honestly, it's complicated as hell. Um, And if they do anything like the comics, it's going to get really complicated. Um, And that's that's what I'm excited for. I'm excited for all the different possibilities of what's going on now. Um... I'm hoping this leads into a financial decision that I had made earlier in my, in my life with a certain comic book. So, uh, if you it invested does, in the I... wrong one, man. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it veers off. I mean, multi-universe. I, it's it's a possibility. I'm telling you, I mine's coming up before yours does. It's. It, I'm calling it now. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's get back on topic. Speaking of topics, take off the ick. Top five. Ooh, you like how I played that? That was good. <laughs> yeah. That was good. That was that's what you call wordplay. Hey. Genius. <laughs> um, yeah, we're gonna get back to our top five. Today's top five is top five favorite things to do at Disneyland. Uh, this top five is being brought to you because, matter of fact, uh, Taylor had just got back from Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And me and Albert are going with the family to Disneyland uh, this weekend. So hopefully by the time you're listening to this, we'll be uh, shirts off and boobies flying everywhere and going down roller coasters and stuff and whatnot. <laughs> I might get kicked out. I don't know. Ooh. But anyways, yeah. Uh, we're getting to our list of top five favorite things to do at Disneyland. Now you're probably asking, oh, does this include California Adventure? And uh, that's going to be a no. Only because maybe, possibly, I don't know, we might give you another top five of the other side of the park. Maybe, possibly, I don't know. Maybe we're not going to California. Who knows? We're not going to tell you. We'll probably tell you. (laughs) Exactly, right? We'll go to Knott's Berry Farm instead. Boom. Oh, plot (laughs) twist. (laughs) (laughs) Multi-universe! Anyways, um, so, with the top five, I will start... Um, stupid fly. I hope some people don't catch on the light. Holy crap! <laughs> Anyways, I am so sorry. There's a fly attacking me right now. I have no clue where it came from. This is a great segue. <laughs> also, folks, if you pay for our Patreon, you could see this damn fly attacking him for some reason. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's happening, and you're missing it, was... it all. Yeah, it just like hovered in front of my face. Got on the computer. I went to go swipe it away, and then it just like hit me twice. I don't understand what the hell. It's like fighting me or something. <laughs> Anyways, my number five favorite thing to do at Disneyland. So I'm probably one of the only people that looks forward to this as soon as I enter the park. Most people like to take a picture in front of the Disney sign with the flowers and stuff that's in front of the train. No, me. I'm running to the first stand 
and I'm getting me three churros, okay? My favorite thing there is to eat churros. There's churros everywhere. You want to get on a ride? Grab a churro. Eat the churro before you get on the ride. You had a good time? You're still hungry? Go grab another churro. Oh, what is that? Another wait time for a ride? Let's go grab a churro. I love them sugary little sticks. Pretend Mexican sticks of chur of of goodness. The churros are amazing. They're not cheap for what they are, but I love them anyways. So my number five is eating churros. All right, I'm I'm with it. Um, I'll go ahead uh, with my number five. Damn, you went food related. I I can't I, I ain't spending money on Disneyland food unless it's a necessity. Uh, you just step outside and go to the Wetzel Pretzel in downtown Disney. Um. <laughs> Anyway, for for my top five, I was leaning more towards, you know, the experiences outside of, you know, food. Uh, my, my number five, uh, it's I'm not really in order of of like best, worst to best or anything. These are just five that I am going to just say in whatever order uh, that come to mind. The number five I have, though, is uh, the first ride that we always go on when we go to Disneyland. We we get in line. We rush through, you know, this is before, you know, these, 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 uh, you know, fast passes or whatever started happening. We had to run to the ride so that we could rush through. And it's a long ass line, like set up to get into it, rush through all the pathway to get to the end so that we could be one of the first people to hop on the Indiana Jones ride. Because honestly, that is one of the best rides in Disneyland. Um, I'm not a roller coaster guy, so I'm not even going to talk about like Space Mountain and stuff like that. You know, the ones that other people will say are up there. But Indiana Jones is hands down at, at the very least should be on everyone's top five list of rides in Disneyland. It is awesome. It is super fast. It is it's 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 like a really cool experience. Um, obviously, if anyone you y'all or David at the least knows, my dad's a big Indiana Jones fan, so that's always a must-do every time. Um, it's one of those rides that, amazingly, despite you know it being Indiana Jones and Indiana Jones ain't exactly relevant anymore, it's still like a top ride that everyone wants to go on. The line's always super long. There are fast passes for it for a reason. It's because it's one of the most exciting and awesome rides to get on, and it's always a must-go for us. Yeah, um, it's like, uh, yeah, it, it's fantastic. Like, the way they've, uh, like, I'm, I have, I'll be honest, like, I haven't seen any Indiana Jones movies, but I can <gasps> still really, I know, I know. I, I can really appreciate the ride and, like, how well they uh, did it. And it's like, because I've ridden it as a kid and I've ridden it as an adult, and, like, and when the, the spikes are being thrown at you, like, you think it's really being thrown at you because you feel that gust of wind passing through you. You get to see the giant boulder coming towards you. You think you're about to be crushed as a kid. So it's, like, it's really well done for its ride. And, uh, like, yeah, I could definitely see it being on top five list of people's things to do. Um, side comment, we did the Indiana Jones ride in Disneyland Paris nothing like disneyland in california it's a roller coaster it has a loop that goes upside down there's no story about indiana jones it's just jungle themed and that's all it is and i'm like 
this is the Indiana Jones, but they were calling it Indiana Jones, and I'm like, nope, that was the worst. Nope. So, <laughs> so far, Disneyland California has the best Indiana Jones ride. Also, uh, I, I didn't want to cut you off, so I'm going to say my reaction to you not seeing Indiana Jones now. <clears throat> oh my god, I cannot believe you have not seen <laughs> Indiana Jones. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to let you know, if Dad listens to this podcast, his, you're no longer his best friend. I am. No matter. I, I am going to coffee, fast forward okay. directly to that point so that he can hear this. Just this. Because I know he won't hear anymore. He will instantly throw down whatever he's listening on and just walk out. What if he uses his dad voice on me and it's like, we're sitting down right now. Uh, you don't you don't want to have those conversations. I had one with him one time and scared the shit out of me. And it was a total prank on me. And I'll uh, never forget the day. <laughs> you're just shitting yourself. I'm no joke. I walked in the house and all the family was in. Rachel wasn't with me because he specifically called me to come over there. And he told everyone to get upstairs right now. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I kept thinking, like, did I do something wrong? What did I What did I do? Like... Oh God, I did something wrong, didn't I? And then, then he asked me the question. So, I need your help with this TV show Degrassi. And I was like, Oh my! God. <laughs> yeah, I, I scared the shit out of me. But uh, my one little comment for Indiana Jones is the ride has aged very well. Like, yes. like Albert has said before, people still wait in line. People still try to get fast passes. Uh, that is one ride that we do look forward to. Um, but yeah, uh, that's a thumbs up for me. I like that ride. Um, and quick thing, like even the queue's fun. There's like little tiles that says "Do not step here." You can yank on the, the the you know cord or the rope to make a sound effect happen. Anyways, fantastic ride. Um, we'll move on to my top five, and that's gonna be Disneyland itself. Don don don. And I'll elaborate. So, like, what I mean is, like, I just enjoy, like, the whole Disneyland experience itself. Like, all the cast members, like, everyone's super friendly. Even, like, regular people like you and me are there. We're all there to have a good time. Usually people are there because they have a love of Disney. And so um, it's just really nice to be around that positive atmosphere. Everyone's friendly. Like, um, I haven't had any bad, like, Karen experiences or anything at Disneyland. So, um, and... uh yeah, and it's just like, whenever you go, I feel like something always a little bit different happens. Like, maybe you'll see a character you haven't seen in a while just show up, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Or uh, maybe a cast member will do something nice for you. They'll be like, oh, it's your birthday? Here's a free cookie or something. So it's just like, it's it's an overall just a really happy, exciting experience. So that's spreading why it's di- number five. Yes, just spreading diabetes to everybody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. That's a good one, Taylor. Even though you copped out a little bit. What a cop okay. out! Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. No, but, uh, my number four is just being in the park. It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right. God damn it. Um, my number four. I know uh, Albert had kind of previously said he doesn't like roller coasters and stuff like that, but that's not the case with me. It's Space Mountain. I fucking love that ride. Jesus Christ. Just being in the dark and being yanked left and right, up and down. Uh, you want to put your hands up in the air, but you're, like, you're scared you're going to hit the like something with the roller coaster. Mind you, I have been on that roller coaster while the lights have been on because I believe it was with Taylor. I'm not 100% sure. 
I think so. It was a, like a weird experience, and I can't remember why they had the lights on, but it was yeah. like, oh, okay. I think, <laughs> this I is think different. The, yeah, I think the roller coaster that got stuck or something or stopped, or there was some kind of like thing, but the lights had turned on, and then like you're looking around. That room is a lot smaller than what you think it is, and everything's so tightly compact that now that I, I've seen it with the lights on, like I am actually scared to put my hands up in the air, <laughs> thinking that I'm going to hit one of the pieces of the roller coaster or whatever or whatnot, but... I love that ride. I love the very end when you go through like the hyperbolic time space thing and you're the the wind is going through your face. You're like, oh, God. And then it just snaps a, a photo of you and you're like, oh, God, I hope it didn't take a stupid picture of me. And then sure enough, right when you get out, there's a dumb face that you have. And it's your picture of you with your face all. <laughs> but yeah, Space Mountain is my number four. I love Space Mountain. It's a lot of fun. Um, when I was a kid, it's like as you're going up there, because you, you can kind of see the track, but once you reach the very top, you're like, where'd the track go? And then that's like part of the fun of the ride. You don't know which way you're going to go. And so, yeah. Well done. I, 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 I can see the appreciation for it. I'm just not a roller coaster guy. It's not my thing. I, I enjoy the fun experiences, which is leading me to my number four. Um... To give you Disneyland itself, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the parking lot of Disneyland. Oh, which one's your favorite? <laughs> um, my number four. So, to, to give you an idea of how Disneyland works with my family, we rush in as soon as the doors open, charge over to Indiana Jones because that always has to be number one, first and foremost, every time. Uh, from there, uh, for anyone who knows how uh, how uh, uh, Disneyland is laid out, from there we march on over to uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Fun ride. Not my top five. It's still fun. It's fairly peaceful. Real cool. Um, and then after that is where my number four comes in. And that is the Haunted Mansion. I, I absolutely love the Haunted Mansion. It's so much fun to walk through. Um... I, it's, it's just it's, it's a fun experience um, getting to see everything walking through the halls and then finally getting to the ride like like how fun walking through Indiana Jones hallways and line is getting prepared for the ride Haunted Mansion is like another level because it's the experience of walking literally to the actual ride is almost as cool as the actual ride because it's so much fun um, and then getting on the actual ride and seeing all the ghosts of course, there's that ending where you, you turn to a mirror and, oh, my God, there's a ghost in the car with me. Ah, it's so fun. I, I love the Haunted Mansion. It's, it's, a must, it's a must ride every time. I was sad the last time we went, it was shut down because um, they were doing renovations on it. But I'm glad it's open again for when we're going now because I will be riding that potentially multiple times. Um, especially because it always is followed by the sad memory of because if you leave Haunted Mansion, it can lead directly into the line of Splash Mountain, and I hate that damn ride. Never again. <laughs> Never again. They tricked me onto it once. They, they just led me because I had the best time going through Haunted Mansion. They're like, oh, let's just keep walking. I'm not paying attention. Next thing I know, why the hell are we in another line? Why are we here? You son of a bitch! <laughs> I got yelled at because we were. I was rocking the boat, and they're like, "Please don't rock the boat." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> but yeah. Is... Oh, oh, go ahead. Go sorry. Ahead. Uh, yeah, they did renovate Haunted Mansion, so I won't spoil it. Uh, there is one section that they've completely redone in it now. Um, so look forward to that when you ride Ooh. it. 
exciting. That'll be cool. Um, little thing about Splash Mountain. That was the first ride we put Dominic and Easy on with Andrew and I think Sierra? Yes. Uh, last year. And oh, God. Uh, that might have ruined the park for Dominic for a little bit. But, like, it's just pure terror on both their faces. We have the picture somewhere. It's hilarious. Maybe I'll post it up uh, one at some point in time. But it, it's pure gold. I, I love the picture. Easy's face of him just like, oh, crap. Same thing with Dominic. Like, he's holding on for dear life. Like, oh, God, it's coming. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, second thing, I don't think Splash Mountain will be open while we're there, Albert, because I think they're renovating that one right now as well. So, and I could not be happier. Um, <laughs> no, like that we have the picture. They they still have it. It's hanging up somewhere um, of when we went on, and you could see because everyone's like you know happy face, yeah, going down the damn thing. My eyes are wide open, just serious as shit. It's like what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> worst damn experience never going to do that shit again horrible absolutely horrible <laughs> that's that's great that's amazing so well on to my number four is that correct yes sir all right um let's see so um my number four is going to be the um meeting the characters um at the park and so like we particularly like uh when uh what's it called uh, mickey's not so scary halloween it's when all the villains get to come out and so like um and you don't often get to see the villain uh, cast members so like getting to see like gaston or um hades or uh oh my gosh the hunchback of notre dame the villain from that one uh, judge frollo anyway frollo. so it's like really cool yeah you get to see all these characters you don't normally get to see on a regular day-to-day -day basis and um it's and just how well like these people have practiced they know the lines they know the characters inside and out and like uh like i went up to gaston as flint and um writer from rapunzel and we had a flex off together and then he just started laughing at me as i was flexing at gaston and he was like you should go back to fantasy land and it was just like the perfect burn and so it's just i don't know i love like how into like the characters they get and uh how well they perform and it just adds to the magic of Disneyland. I can appreciate that, Taylor. It is quite fun. Like I I mean I you know, you get to a certain age where you're like, I don't need to hang out with these characters. You know, they're just adults inside of these weird costumes, whatever. And then you see like Goofy, you're like, Oh my god, it's Goofy. I gotta take a picture with them. It's you know it, it's it, it's just so exciting every time just just cause you know it's it's fun. I like it, sir. Um, moving into my number three, um, Taylor had kind of touched up on this a little bit, but uh, the special events, the special things that they do for Disneyland, like uh, you know during Christmas time they have like the Winter Wonderland type theme or whatever whatnot. Uh, my personal family favorite let's speak right uh my personal favorite is the halloween screams especially the fireworks show where they kind of do like the little uh villain fireworks show yes in the in the center town like i i love that show i didn't realize how much i loved that show until um me and my fiance had went by ourselves 
and uh, she wanted to watch the fireworks show, which I, at, at the time before going with her, I really wasn't big on the fireworks show. Um, but I don't know, just so much stuff is going on, the, the lights, how each part of the of you know certain buildings the lights flash on lights flash off you know the 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 who's the main villain that maleficent maleficent shows up you know and her she turns into the dragon or whatever whatnot the the whole thing is a great experience and i absolutely love it sorry what 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 experience it's a halloween screams that's the halloween screams is what the show's called man that sounds so cool I want to do that. I'm never there during the like cool times. I'm always there as just normal Disneyland, so it's boring. Yeah, it, you should go one of these times to one of those like uh, special events. Like, I've been there for the winter. I think I don't know if it's Winter Wonderland theme. I forgot what it's called, but like they like do certain things where it looks like it's all frosty or whatever, whatnot. I don't really, I didn't really care for it that much. But the Halloween theme where, like, they change everything, like, Halloween style or whatever. Also, I would love one of these times to take the kids during Halloween so they can go trick-or-treating in the park. That is one of my bucket list things to do. So, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll plan a trip next year or the year after that for a Halloween-themed uh, Disneyland trip and take the kids trick-or-treating. Because I heard the, the park's open at night. They can go trick-or-treating, and we can still get on rides. That sounds like some big fun right there. Yeah, we do that every Halloween, um, and so yeah, because it's like you get all uh, you get a crap ton of candy, and uh, they even have healthy options too, where they give you carrots and apples and stuff if you don't want to give your kids candy. But um, yeah, the rides are greatly reduced, so it's like uh, by that uh, capacity-wise, so it's like uh, you have to wear a special wristband. They kick all the other uh, people out, and so like you, it's like fifteen five-minute wait times. It's fantastic. So you can ride anything you want to, super low wait times, and just get on anything. Interesting. Cool, cool. Um, well, we'll go over to my number three. We're on three. Yes, man. Yes, yes, yes. Um, number three, uh, kind of going going inside with some of these uh cool event stuff going on. Um, there is one that that I always see. That, that happens every year. Um, it is a constant every time we go. And it's probably, I, I'm, I only have so much interest in like the show stuff, or like I should say the like fireworks kind of things. Um, like the parades that go by, it's like there's only so much interest I have. But one that really, I really enjoy is a uh, Fantasmic. Um, that one's always so fun to see because uh, it goes beyond just like the fireworks shooting up in the air and yeah the fireworks are pretty cool and everything but like Fantasmic has so many things the characters come out the, the water uh, along because that's over by Pirates of the Caribbean seeing the water show go off the lights you could you're like you're literally watching scenes from movies uh, projected into the water that's spraying up into the air it's so cool um, it's like seeing Mickey up there casting spells, shooting fireballs, all this stuff. It's awesome. Um, it's, it's one that I, I always enjoy when it happens, um, and I always make sure to see. Even if I miss the fireworks and stuff like that, that's the one I got to see of the, of the big events. Also, real quick note, looked it up. Splash Mountain is open. Oh, so they finished renovating it then? No. Um, no. 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 Um, from the, the latest rumor, they've been very quiet about what's going on, um, but the latest rumor is that they're going to try and get it all switched up by 2023 because uh, Disney Plus is making a uh, 
Princess and the Frog themed uh, show for Disney Plus, and there's a suggestion that says they would like to debut the new Princess and the Frog themed ride with the Princess and the Frog themed TV show, so that it all kind of is up to theme and you know fresh and new and cool. So that it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, for now, uh, it's still the same old Splash Mountain, and it's still running. Interesting. So you're going to join me then, Albert? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll join you, Mr. Maggard. I'll experience that ride. Are you coming? You coming with us this weekend? Oh, no, not this weekend. I was about to say, what? If we could plan a, a plan a Disneyland trip together, that would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah, we'll get something together. Oh, man, we're going to hit the road with some bros? Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. We're not riding in the Tesla, though. Okay. <laughs> but we could get there in one wanna, trip. <laughs> don't want to ride in a slow car, and I don't want to see what happens in Tesla Taylor's car. So <laughs> He already told you. On the he's, he's got his hands behind his head. He's just yeah. riding along. Yep. Watch this lever move, Mr. Maggard. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll move on to my number three. Yes, please do. Okay. <laughs> Which also is the Fantasmic show. Hey, <laughs> I thought he was going to be like, the car ride to Disneyland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm like a big fan of Kingdom Hearts. And so like watching that show, getting to see like all the villains like kind of attack Mickey and such like it kind of puts me in that Kingdom Hearts universe and I'm also a very emotional person when it comes to for some reason to Disneyland parades so like when Flynn and Rapunzel come out and then they have that special song for them I see the light or yeah I see the light um I like start bawling and I'm just like what is happening to me <laughs> but uh yeah it's yeah it's great just because like I'll like the spraying water the flames coming up out of the water um the giant dragon that appears which I think is awesome and how they're able to just kind of project these images onto water, I thought was just a really cool concept too. But yeah, Fantasmic is a show I definitely always will try to watch when they have it available. So crazy thing real quick. I'm just going to jump into my number two and it's a three-way crossover because it is Fantasmic. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, that's why I tried to stay quiet a little bit early, but like all you guys said, uh, the show's great. Um, I, it's just something that you have to experience yourself you know uh, if you've never stayed late for you know the last part of Disneyland that's something I'd make a bucket list of, of things to do make sure you watch that show it's it shows the classic movies it shows you know important scenes to different movies or whatever whatnot um, it, it's just a great experience overall uh, everything that you said plus you know I, I totally agree with Look at that. That's my number two. We are all going to have so much fun when we watch that at night and all the kids are sleeping because, you know, it's late as hell and they're tired. But all the adults are going to be sitting there like, oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see that? Oh, Oh, he's he's either dead or passed out. I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to find out till after the show. (laughs) Uh, Get that kid a churro! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, well, leading to my number two. Um, my number two has actually been ruined a bit. 
Uh, and so it might be slowly falling down out of the top five, but it's still there for right now, so I'm still going to mention it. Um, one of my favorite rides there uh, is the Roger Rabbit ride. Um, if you haven't had the chance to go on it, it's so much fun. Uh, at least it used to be. It's the same things happening to it that happened to the teacups. Teacups used to be the most fun thing in the world. And you know why? Because they didn't give a damn about safety. And they let you spin the shit out of it. And the same thing was with the Roger Rabbit ride. Because it's, it's a rail ride where you're inside of a car, but it's got the wheel in it to where you can spin the thing the entire way through. Uh, and it's so much fun because you're spinning and moving and it's crazy. It's awesome. Um, and then, you know, they decided to be safe or some shit, whatever, and decided you could only spin it so fast. It's a little disappointing. Um, and so I'm a little sad by that. But still, I, I really enjoy the Roger Rabbit ride. I hope that they can loosen it up a bit from the last time we were there. I don't know if that's the case, uh, but we'll certainly see. I, I just I remember getting on that ride as a kid. And like I said, I'm not a roller coaster guy, so all the like really exciting, high-paced rides aren't my thing, but this, this was my thing. I, I loved this ride. It was so much fun. Um, and I, I will definitely be going on that when we get there this weekend. Yeah, if you want a forearm workout um, now, I would go on that ride. Before, I remember that ride just freely spinning, going in circles, perfectly fine. And that was as a child. I remember going on that ride last year, and I remember breathing hard, gasping for air. I'm like, why is this so hard to turn? I don't think they put enough oil on this thing. It's just <laughs> not going anywhere. And then I kept thinking, am I just too heavy for the ride? I don't, I don't understand. But, uh, yeah, that uh, the turning on it has drastically gotten slower. I mean, it, it's still there, I guess, a little bit when you hit the, the, the hard corners or whatever, whatnot. But uh, I respect your decision. That's a It's a decent ride. I don't know how much longer it's going to last, but we'll see what happens. Not to mention it's got some uh, problematic, let's just say, aspects to it. So, I mean, if, if Splash Mountain's getting taken down, hints of, of, of Jungle Cruise are getting attacked, uh, it, it's only so long until Roger Rabbit comes around, and I feel like it's an old enough ride that they'll just they'll 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 tear it down. They'll build something new. Get ready for um, I don't know Moana. I think Seven. yeah, that could be one. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you See, think they would, do you think they would? I feel like Toontown doesn't get uh, I don't want to say respect, but it doesn't get as much visitors anymore as it used to. It doesn't because like as as famous as like Mickey and Goofy and all of them are, they're not like the main mascots of Disney anymore. Um, sad to say, uh, and, and it's you know it's just generational stuff. You know we remember it. I I watched the crap out of like House of Mouse and seeing all these old Disney cartoons, but like. I'd ask, I mean, talk to your kids. If if they go to see the characters, who do you think they're going to be more excited for? Uh, Mickey and Minnie or the Marvel characters? Like, it's it's very clear who is the real mascot of Disney right now, and it's not Mickey. It's not Mickey anymore. Hell, just yeah, his uh, ears is more important than actual Mickey. Max says he wants to see the tribal chief there, so I, if Roman Reigns could be there while we're there, I'd highly appreciate it. <laughs> you hear that, Roman? Yeah. I don't. I don't know where you guys are this next weekend, but uh, it better be Disneyland. 
I know I've taken like a tour through a uh, Toontown as an adult and a lot of the rides don't make sense anymore. Um, I, maybe like if I was a lot younger um, and I watched those shows, it would make more sense. But I feel like even now, like if I was to have kids, like they'd be like, what is this? What's Roger Rabbit? What's uh, I can't remember any of the other rides. But yeah, I feel like Toontown could use a kind of like a facelift and bring it more up to date in today's, you know whatever new shows they're showing kids these days so i'm trying to imagine what kind of stuff would fit with toontown because like everything else tends to go with the other themes especially right now with like everything's futuristic obviously damn tomorrow tomorrowland or it star wars stuff um so i don't know what would fit into toontown in terms of like newer stuff I know you guys said that Mickey Mouse isn't as big of a thing, and I think maybe that's for like closer to the teenagers to like a, a pre-teens adult adult phase. But the kids loved, and I think this would fit perfectly there. Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse. Then you essentially you're turning Toontown in the kids area. Which Basically, it al- always it almost I, is already, but yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's. Toontown is, is a is a pit stop. It's where you take the kids to go run around, for, you know, do stuff themselves for a little bit, and for you to like just catch your breath or get get a quick breather in. I there's n- I could go the whole Disneyland without visiting Toontown and be perfectly fine with that. I could a hundred percent see uh, Roger Rabbit being turned into uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, where like the theme songs playing the whole time. You're just seeing like <laughs> Toodles okay. fucking guide you everywhere as you slowly go through the track. I'm like, damn it, I see it. I hate it, but it's going to happen, isn't it? <laughs> it's the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Come inside, it's fun inside. <laughs> it's already got the song. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've watched way too much Mickey Mouse Clubhouse to. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we'll move on to the number two of um, Mr. Hardy. It's also a, a bit of a crossover with you, Mr. Maggard. It's it's the churros for me at Disneyland. Ooh. Like every day I go to Disneyland, I always get at least one churro, just one. And like, they're so delicious. I know they're super overpriced, but something they must sprinkle cocaine or magic in it or something. But those churros are damn good. And so there's yeah. Cra- yeah, there's crack. There has to be crack in them. <laughs> For for us to actually put this on a sensible top five yeah. list, okay, there has to be crack, and they're the most plain thing. Literally, I could go make churros at home, okay, but they're most plain thing, but there's just something about getting a churro at Disneyland. It's like some people, uh, what's that one one drink that people like to, before it was everywhere, uh, Dole Whip. The Dole Whip, yeah. I was it's, about to say, that's the, yeah. that's the shit. Yeah, see, people like... Before it was like super popular, everyone else, everyone loves going like, oh, if there's a drink I need to get, it's the Dole Whip. You know, I feel like if there's a snack that you need to get, it's it's the churro. I don't know why, but there's just something in the damn churro that's very tasty. I'm sorry, I'm about to go on a churro rant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They are delicious. (laughs) I already see that meme where it's like, hey, you got any more of those churros? All right. Well, it's time to finish this list off with our number one, number one, number one. And my number one, 
This is going to be my favorite ride. My favorite ride of all time. It's not super crazy. It's not not uh, anything super exciting. It's a very calm and, I don't know, just a very... It's a good ride just for the experience. Now, if you're thinking it, it's a small world, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I loved going on this ride when I was with my dad. The kids loved going on this ride with me. It's a, it's a ride that I actually can take Brawley on, which, if anybody knows, is my youngest. He just turned three. I was able to take him last year on it, too. But it's Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, um, you know, you get the little bit of excitement from that first drop. And other than that, it's just a calm and nice, soothing ride of you just looking at outdated uh, animatronics now. But there's just something about it that's just... Even though it seems outdated, I, I like it. I, I like it a lot. I liked it when they did a the little bit of the Pirates of the Caribbean theme for a little bit, you know, for certain things of it. Did, um, did you just say you when liked they, when, they, when Pirates of the Caribbean had the Pirates of the Caribbean theme in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty bad, right? But like when they did like the Davy Jones, the Davy Jones locker, like a waterfall thing in the beginning. And then they, they put in a... Well, he's no longer technically allowed to be called. Canceled. Castro, but Canceled. Yeah. When they had him at the end, you know, I remember there was even like a little video where um, he was at the end of the ride, the real him, you know, the real Jack Sparrow. And he was Johnny Depp, a.k.a. You know, he was like out there talking to people or whatever or whatnot. And they're like, oh, that's not an animatronic. That's really him. But uh, I don't know. It, it's just it's one of my favorite pastimes. And. Even though I don't think the ride has aged well, it's still my favorite ride, and it's something that I have to hit that ride every time. Uh, the kids enjoy it. I don't know. Plus, it gets you out of the heat when you're uh, in this really good air conditioning. Um, oh, and then you can also watch people eat when you pass. I think it's the Blue Bayou. I think yes. that's what it's called. Yes, the Blue Bayou, which yeah. I want to go to. So, Oh fuck! Hopefully we can get a reservation. That's a damn. I, I looked at happens. reservations two weeks ago. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Maybe someone will cancel. I don't know. Mm, you never know. <laughs> well, we'll just ask them to toss us something through the river while we're passing by. Like, hey, throw me some chicken. Get one of the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's one of the first one of the things I'm going to look forward to uh, is going on Pirates of the Caribbean. Love that ride. Quality. It's a really good ride. I, I enjoy it. Like I said, it's it's very chill. It's not in my top five, but it's definitely a quality ride. That, that especially, you know, if you're looking to take kind of a relaxing break from being out in the heat, walking all this time and everything, just literally sitting in a boat for for a little little stretch of time, just relaxing. It's real nice, and it's also very cool because you're next to the water. And water sprays on you sometimes. It's real nice. Yeah, I uh. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. It's definitely my top five. Like it's a, I like the little drops. I like when the cannons are firing and you actually think they're being fired and they're like the water's shooting up from it. And uh, which, by the way, they've souped up those uh, like splashes now, so now you actually get wet from the cannon fire. And I was like, holy crap, this wasn't there before. But anyways, um, yeah, I really uh, liked it. Um, I like that they added like Jack Sparrow to it. Um, I have a fond memory of like when i was a kid like towards the end before the park was closing it was only a five minute wait for the ride and you literally could just circle it and we went on it three times in a row and it was just i don't know i really just like that ride it's relaxing it gets you out of the heat you can cool down for a moment and it's it's just fun to be on there 
my last thing about that ride is I don't think a, a lot of people, well, maybe they do, but they took so much from that ride and, and added it to the movie, you know, the first one, and, like, it was, like, spot on. Like you said, that, that cannon fire scene, that's the first scene where the pirates go to invade that, you know, that place where the coin is at, you know, and they're shooting at the wall or whatever, whatnot. Um, when they stop at, was it Tortuga? Yes. Yes, that yeah, is the when place. They stop at Tor- yeah, when they stop at Tortuga and everyone's, like, getting drunk or whatever, whatnot, and, like, you know, that's a scene that's in there. Even the little mangy dog with the with the keys, the, you know, the handcuff, or the, hand, the jail cell keys and everything like that. Like, I don't know. They took so much from just the ride and somehow integrated it within the movie, and I think I had more appreciation for the ride after that movie came out. Um, fun fact for, for my history buffs out there, uh, Tortuga is a real place. Um and, and how it is portrayed is pretty accurate. It's pretty insane there. So, always fun to think about. I'm going to look that up now. That sounds <laughs> exciting. Taylor wants to be a drunk pirate, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, all right. Well, no, off to my number one. Um, my number one is number one because it's the most recent to join the list. Um, and it might be a nice lead into our next number one. Who knows? Uh, <clears throat> the newest stuff, as everyone knows, coming to, to Disneyland, uh, not considering California, but Disneyland itself, is the uh, Star Wars land. Um, and last time we went, we were unfortunate enough that uh, the, the newest Star Wars ride, the Rise of Resistance, was far too popular, and we could not get on, um, despite multiple attempts. It was very difficult to get on. Uh, but we were able to get on the uh, Millennium Falcon ride, and... Yeah, it hits my top five. It is a very fun ride. Uh, it, it definitely is one of those, like, you ever wanted to pilot the Millennium Falcon? Here you go. Have fun. Shoot at stuff. It's so fun. Um, and it's one of those that uh, I could do multiple times. Um, will it be forever in the top five? I don't know because, like I said, I've only done it once. Uh, and I'll have to do it again and probably again and then another time. To, to really let it solidify that it's it deserves to be in my top five. But for right now, it is the newest one to enter into there. Um, and it, it's it's real fun. Go check it out. If you can't hit Rise of Resistance, because, you know, it's hard as hell to get into that, go go try the Millennium Falcon ride. That's also very fun to do. Uh, one thing that I think people need to know about that ride is you, you need to hit it multiple times because there are three different positions when you're taking that ride. Um, I've only been the back two. I've never been the actual pilot, which is something that I w- I've always wanted. So hopefully at some point in time this weekend, someone's going to help me pilot this damn Millennium Falcon. Because like I said, I've only ever been the back two. And even though it's not as fun, like you still feel like you have something to do part of the ship. So it- it's pretty it's pretty good. Yeah, um, because of COVID now, um, this probably will benefit you guys is that uh, if you are going to do the Millennium Falcon ride, they ask, okay, who wants to be my pilots? And then they'll ask for volunteers now. So they're not just randomly assigning you um, your roles anymore. You get to volunteer what you want. So this time I got to be a pilot, for example. That was the one role I haven't done yet because I like you, Mr. Maggot, I got to do both back rows, the gunner and uh, whatever the, the repair person of the ship. You're pushing a button, bunch of buttons, but... Yeah, uh, definitely really cool. Uh, highly recommend riding that ride like three times just because so you can do each roll once. And uh, yeah, 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. I guess there's like eight different secret scenes you can do if you perfect the game. So, but that's kind of hard to do. You have to have a dedicated six pilot crew. So, good luck with trying to get those secret scenes. David, we're doing it. Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I swear to God, if Jar Jar Bank shows up, I'm fucking unbuckling myself right <laughs> <then and> there. <laughs> Let me like, out. Let get me out. out. <laughs> yeah, get me out of this fucking thing right now. <laughs> yeah. If that happens and I'm pilot, I'm just instantly down. Down. You're just like <laughs> crashing the ship. <laughs> <We're done>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess that moves on to my number one. Number, number one. one. <laughs> um, and that will be the Star Wars of the Rise of the Resistance ride. Um, I this will be spoiler free because uh, it's still even though it came out in 2019 um, because of COVID it's been shut down so not a lot of people have had a chance to ride it including my other two TPOers right here. But um, I'll do a spoiler-free review of it. Um, <clears throat> so first off, you have to get into a, a virtual queue starting at 7 a.m. And if you miss that one, uh, you can do one by 12. And it is geofenced. And what that means is like you have to be in the location to queue up for it. Um, and not at the ride, but as long as you're at Disneyland Park, you can queue up for it. Um, we missed the 7 o'clock one, but we were able to get the 12 o'clock one on both days. Um, but, uh, yeah, once you're in line, it's about like 45 minutes of a wait. Um, and not a lot going on, but I do like that they built in seats, like cave walls, so you can sit down and take a, a sit, which is pretty cool. Um, but, uh, anyways, moving on to the actual ride. Um, it's amazing, like, what technology can do for entertainment. Um, it's just, uh, <laughs> like, the the carts themselves have no tracks. Uh, they're all robotically controlled, um, and so they just roam around freely on, you know, based on their programming. But, uh, and just the animatronics, the visuals, uh, things that are happening in that ride are just phenomenal. And it's just like... At no point you ever leave, like, the Star Wars universe. Um, it is one of the longest rides in Disneyland. Uh, it's 18 minutes. Um, and it's a hybrid of, like, cast member experience and ride. So uh, it's it's great from start to finish. Um, something creative that they've done is, like, kind of, like, similar... Um, if uh, they have the ability to add dialogue and reduce dialogue in the rides uh, based on the needs, because uh, like if you ever done Haunted Mansion, the buggies will stop and they're like playful ghouls are playing with your carts. Like, well, we'll continue in a moment. Well, instead of doing messages like that, they'll just add dialogue, and so uh, without spoilers, they just kind of expand the dialogue. Or if the rides are ahead of schedule, they can reduce the dialogue. And at no point you feel like you've been taken out of the adventure. You're just like, oh, okay, this is really cool. So, um, yeah, it, whatever you could do, try to ride that ride. Make it an effort. It is just, I, I honestly think it's the best Disneyland ride out there right now. So that is my non-spoiler review of Rise of the Resistance. I feel spoiled. Oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> You will be if you ride the Tesla. <laughs> guess, guess I don't. Excuse me. <laughs> I guess I don't need to ride Rise of the Resistance. He ruined the whole thing for me. So. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but uh, real quick, because I need to know. You said what do we have to do before we get on it? You have to queue up. Can we queue up outside of the park? 
Uh, yes, as long as you're near Disneyland, um, yeah, it's uh, you can queue up virtually. Like we were able to do it from the hotel room, for example, which wasn't you know we were next to across the street from Disneyland. So yeah. I heard um, from from another folk that that went earlier, Andrew. Um, <clears throat> you could queue up like even on the road to Disneyland, like okay. seven o'clock hits and just like bam, lock it in. Um, you can't do it for the second time, second, the which is what, the one o'clock one? You have to yeah, do it 12, inside, yeah. or 12 o'clock, you have to be inside the mm-hmm. park. But the, the seven o'clock one, you could do it anywhere. Um, as long okay. as you have a ticket reservation to be coming in that day, you're good to go. Good to know. That makes sense, because, like, the park's not open yet, so I can see that being the case, yeah. I guess we're just going to have to figure it out this weekend. Figure it out. Hmm. Oh, I intend to do it at least three times. Will it happen? No, but I will try. (laughs) All right. Well, that was our top five, and now we're going to get into everyone's favorite section. Taylor, how big is it? So, uh, you know, lately we've been tying in questions of, like, whatever our topic is or whatever we're talking about. Uh, don't, today, don't give away our process, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> they they got to be like, uh, wow, what are the chances that it just happens to do with today's topics? <laughs> wow. Um, well, it's going to be somewhat about, about of our topics, but it's going to be on the other side of Disneyland and California Adventure. Okay. So, Taylor, with the newly opened up Marvel Universe over there in California Adventure... A new place to eat that's going quite popular among the locals, or tourists, whatever you want it to be. The Pim Test Kitchen. I personally want to head there. I personally want to try one specific thing. I personally want to try another specific thing there that I didn't know was a thing. The first thing is this big-ass chicken sandwich that's bigger than my face. And as I was looking at this menu, uh, trying to figure out, well, how good is this chicken sandwich? I also came across... A family-friendly size called Pimini. Okay. I want to know how many feet long and how many inches wide is this Pimini? You ready? The options are A. One foot long, three inches wide. B. One foot long, six inches wide. C. Two feet long, nine inches wide. Or D, three feet long, six inches wide. So, is this the $100 sandwich that they were talking about? I'm not 100% sure. Okay. There's no prices connected to, to gotcha. when I was looking at this thing. I, to be dead honest with you, I... It, it, the family size Pimini is the $100 sandwich. Gotcha. I knew it. All right. So I was hoping you were going to go with the price. <laughs> but anyways, um, I would probably go with the answer D, the three foot one. Three feet, six inches? Yeah. With that answer, Taylor, you are incorrect. Damn it. It is two foot nine inches wide, full of family fun sandwich baking goods. Um. 
I'm not gonna lie. Like I said, I was looking at the chicken sandwich at first, and now like I'm half tempted to try to order this this pimini thing. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens when I get there. Like you're not gonna try and eat this thing by yourself, are you? Like I mean, <laughs> it says it serves six to eight people. I mean, I I have been pretty hungry ever since I've been on this diet, and <laughs> I mean. I could stream try to eating this too as well. Six to eight people. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, if the if the show comes out on time on on Friday and people are they want to see me eat it, I mean, I, I got to give the people what they want, right? <laughs> no way, uh, Rachel would kill me. So yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, spend a hundred bucks pay- on a sandwich. Yeah, if the, if the panini doesn't kill me, Rachel sure will. So. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe it's something we should try. It looks delicious. I'm really digging that chicken sandwich, and that meatball doesn't look too bad as well. So, um, Well, we're coming towards the end of our show. First thing I'd like to do is give a shout-out to a couple of our backers or patreon users first of all um i don't know if we mentioned this last time we have a patreon page if you feel like you want to sub to us or somehow donate money to our cause or you like the things that we do we we really appreciate it we'd love to you know keep this stuff going and, and get better as time comes along whether it's equipment or or you know just the time that for us to get together we love doing this type of stuff whether whether you can't donate or if you can even a like a share a subscribe would would work wonders you know uh helps the algorithm out for whoever listens to whatever podcast but uh back to uh going to our shout outs uh we have to give a shout out to angie she was our the first person to uh ever want to donate to this cause that we have here so we really appreciate appreciate her and then we also got a patreon backer uh going by the name of Alex. We appreciate you as well. Um, just let you know you're going to get some exclusive stuff. So uh, uh, eventually you'll be invited to uh, join our live recordings of watching the, watching us record the show. Um, you'll also get uh, exclusive content of whatever our you know, quick notes of what the show is going to be about early. And then uh, some possible designs that, matter of fact, we'll probably end up showing our new... Uh, our new logo this weekend, uh, made personally by Josh Rios, our sound guy. Big ups to Josh. We appreciate you doing the sound check and now doing the uh, graphics check, making graphics, making <laughs> logos, making, I don't know, everything except for making love on the show. So, um, Yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you'd like to catch us on any of our other social medias, we do have a Twitter tripolar opinion um we're not so much active there but we're trying tpo um yes no i think think it's tripolar opinion i think it's tripolar um yeah i think it's tripolar opinion you know we're Uh, trying we're trying we're trying to get active for you folks because we know facebook may not be the best place for everyone um so we're trying to hop on some new things maybe you catch us on instagram maybe 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 a little 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 tiktok Probably not. We're not that creative. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, big ups to Sierra, uh, Albert's wife. She's actually going to help us start. I almost said TikTok. Um, she's going to help us start an Instagram for us. Uh, basically, more probably like gameplay and stuff like that stuff that we do on the weekends. 
so we appreciate her as well. Um, lastly, if you definitely want to get a hold of us, or any three of us, we're super active on Facebook right now. Um, I almost guarantee you you'll get a response from us within the hour or two. If you even ask a question, comment, want to share something with us, one of us will eventually make our time or way to interact with you guys because let's face it we love you we love whoever's listening to us especially frankie aka francis aka the person from france uh we love you too man or woman or person or hopefully not a bot <laughs> um but yeah you can catch us facebook twitter like i said soon to be an instagram um you guys have any other shout outs um taylor does Yep. I uh, just wanted to say, yeah, big thank you to our supporters and stuff. It makes me want to try to do better in the show um, and be better. Um, so, because I know I could be a bit shy sometimes. So, anyways, just thank you so much for your support. And even if you can't support financially, which is totally okay, just listening, asking questions, sharing it, helping out that Facebook al- algorithm is super helpful for all of us. So, thank you for your guys' support. It means a lot. I, I like that Taylor has admitted that the only reason he'll ever be good at this is for you and not for us because we don't matter. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're nothing to Taylor. But you, the fans, you're Dang everything. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even like me. And we live right around the corner from each other. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you guys have any questions or comments, please hit us up. Please. Uh, we love your guys' questions, even the obscure ones like we did today. Um, hopefully we don't have to get in too deep like that again. <laughs> because that kind of went to like a dark place where I don't think any man or woman should go. Yeah, that got weird. <laughs> that got real weird. Um, that ain't our show, man. We're, we're not that. <laughs> if we are that, I'm going to need a, a lot more prep time. Let me know at least an hour ahead of time. Well, uh, that is our time here at the Tripolar Opinion Podcast. Thank you again for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed. And uh, I guess we're out. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Oh, man, people can see you wave, Taylor. Oh, my gosh. You only did it with one hand. It's like he anticipated it. We got to get him when he's not anticipating. Yep. What are you talking about? He's the one who records. How is he not (laughs) supposed to know? Anyways, y'all, have a have a good uh, rest of your day. Bye, y'all. Bye.